I guess I better get started as far as getting some sort of reference or idea to what happened that encouraged me to do such a um, podcast. So um, I am a 41-year-old woman. I have three children. I um, filed for divorce at the age of 38 in 2019. And it was finalized in 2021. Um, so I want to do like some a backstory as best I can recall. And, you know, the dialogue with this channel will help me um, get to where it is that I need to be um, as far as having a conversation with you guys and you learning more information. So my story began in 2001. I'm making sure all of my audio and everything. I hate to record this long story. And there's no audio. But my story began in uh, 2001 where I uh, was a sophomore in college. I was working at a summer job, two summer jobs, and I was attending um, summer school trying to pass math math. Anyhow, um, and I was a, a busy, busy young lady and, um, I had met, um, the, the father of my children there. Um, and that was 2001. Um, and that was June or July, I want to say. And, um, we began dating and then remember 9-11 happened as well. Um, 9-11 happened and um, I was told that he had been activated and he was going to uh, go into the military and do what 9-11 stuff did. No disrespect there. Um, so we dated uh, while he was across seas. I'd get letters and then he became stationed somewhere and then you know, I went there to kind of check things out, not only check them out. I mean, we were dating, so, you know, we wanted to see each other. And um, then when his military stuff was up or he was discharged, um, conversation of, well, you know, you can go and live independently. But if the goal is, is to get married, then just move in with me, you know. Um, but I do want to make it very clear, my intentions, I'm not just a landing spot. I want to be married, uh, even at a young age. Um, so anyhow, and I had graduated and I was um, working full time. And I also was in graduate school for marriage and family therapy um, with my psychology degree. So long story short, we get married. Um, there it was nice he he courted me um very um charismatic very kind um <clears throat> i met his family and my family met his family prior to um but when i look back at things there were not like significant red flags i do believe that this person loved me and i i really loved him he was he was very kind um Anyhow, nine months 
into the wedding. Well, let me backtrack. Um, we get engaged. Um, he asked me to marry him. He did end up moving into my apartment. And I said, hey, I can do an apartment on my own. So got a townhouse and we were supposed to be sharing some bills. A very significant story, so I don't forget. Um, I remember the lady was telling me in the front office I was behind on my rent. And I had previously been a tenant there for a year or so. And she was like, you're pretty, you know, stable and reliable. You know, if he's telling you that he's dropping by the check, she says, um, I'm, I'm letting you know he's, he's not. And I'll never, ever forget it. It was a sweet lady and she was in the office and she said, honey, if I'm telling you he's not writing the check and bringing them to us, she said, I wouldn't marry him if I were you. That's really all I really remember. So anyway, um, he, he isn't really working um, and then gets a job um, with like a mortgage company to some capacity. and. Um, he asked me to marry him before we moved into the townhouse and he didn't have the ring. He said his best friend was out of, out of town who was having the ring. And of course I said, yes. And then we go out to dinner and we tell my parents and my dad said, well, it ain't official until I see a ring. Rightfully so, you know? So anyway, we move in. Uh, it was fine. I, I'm, I'm in grad school. I'm working full time. Um, there were red flags. Um, uh, we were, we moved in. That's when I started talking to a little bit of his family and they were like, you know, just want to make sure he's real serious about you and his mom, you know, saying, if you're not serious about that girl, then, you know, you need to leave her alone. She seems like a real, real serious girl. God fearing and got some goals going on. And he was like, I do too. You know, um, <clears throat> when we had met, he had told me he was in graduate school. And then um, we're getting closer and closer to the wedding. And there was a point where one day I accidentally put my engagement ring on the, the, the counter or whatever, and he took it from me. And, um, and I was like, I, I lost my ring, but I put it right here. I put it right here. I know that I did. And then... <clears throat> A couple of days later, he tells me, oh, I, I, I have it. Um, that should have been my red flag. <laughs> he didn't want to marry me. No, I'm joking. He did. I, I think. I don't know. And um, ended up being that then what I put it down because one of the stones became loose. And so um, he um, said that he would get me another diamond put in it. And he did. So anyhow, we get married and most amazing ceremony you could ever be a part of or witness. It was great. Um, and we, um, you know, had all of our family, my family from Louisiana, his family from all over. Um, so we uh, got married. And again, I'm working, I'm in grad school still, um, the mortgage company job for him ended up being he lost that job and then he went to a very a, a major manufacturing company and I thought that you know we were stable there and then he eventually just started at the bottom and then worked his way up into a management position and um 
nine months in, I remember um, he got upset because my sister was wanting to have a conversation with me in the middle of the day. And maybe I made a comment like, "Woo, you know, it's a lot of drama going on. And then he's like, can't be bringing my wife, you know, drama in the middle of her work day. And it, it blew up into something that it had no business blowing up. Like my best friend will call me right now and be like, oh my God, I'll call her back late. You know, like just in that moment or whatever comment I made, like, anyway, I think that he was kind of at the time, um, oversensitive and that was the first thing that I noticed where this goes a little further than being overprotective. Like, um, and there was this huge blow up with my, with my family. That was the beginning of the isolation. And that was in not within nine months. And I ended up having a miscarriage very close to our one year anniversary. And I didn't even feel like I had my family to console me. And, um, that's when I saw how insensitive and unkind he was and how much I was crying in the relationship. Um, but again, like I thought it was fine. This is what you sign up for. This is, you know, marriage isn't easy. Um, but marriage is kind and the person is sensitive to your needs, your wants. And anytime that you express a feeling to someone, um, red flag, they are not supposed to get uncomfortable or upset and project anger onto you just because they're uncomfortable with the emotion. Um, so anyhow, um, I, I get pregnant. We have a little girl. It is absolutely amazing. We adopted a dog before we had a dog. We had a dog fish and plants and we managed to just keep the dog alive. And he was alive up until we had our third daughter. And anyhow, um, I say all that to say that I believe there were amazing intentions or I was believed to feel that there were amazing intentions. Um, I loved this man. Um, he was the apple of my eye. And I remember after we had our daughter, our first daughter, um, another pivotal moment, pivotal, pivotal, y'all know what I'm saying, pivotal moment, that He was going to keep their granddaughter away from them if it kind of wasn't like you guys bow down to like my sense of normalcy and my rules. And he wouldn't let them come over to our house and we couldn't go over there. He wanted to meet a neutral territory. And that was at a library. And my parents met us. You know, uh, my parents were all about making their daughter happy and then all about making um you know, way to have a life in, you know, a relationship with their granddaughter. And he knew that. When I look back at it, he knew that. And he knew that they were kind of kind enough. And, um, you know, I never had a child that had been married. So he's thinking that he is the epitome of health for um, this family. There's some arrogance in that, by the way. And um, we rolled with it. And it was, it, it, it just was the beginning of the isolation period um, of this marriage. So that is how it all began. And again, things were, things were fine. Um, he always made little snide comments, which is maybe one day my sister will come and tell her story. It, it will be, it will not be filtered. It will not be edited. She is who she is and she feels about it the way she feels about it. 
Um, so um, then we had our second daughter. Um, and again, things things were OK. Um, but I do remember there was a period she was um, almost two years old. And I thought or was made to feel that I was having like just this extended amount of postpartum. And I sat down in a chair one day in the living room and I said, I'm just not happy. And um, he was just like, well, you have everything, you know, you got nice car, nice home. Yeah, that all makes sense. Two beautiful children. Um, still couldn't couldn't connect anything. He couldn't connect anything and was made to feel like there was something, you know, wrong with me. And then I had said, I don't think you love me. I don't even think you know what love is. And um, I used to say all the time, your love is so conditional. And I don't understand that. Um, so, yeah. And then several years went by before we had our third daughter. But in, in between, that was the chasing myself. Like, how do, how do I make this better? How do I make this right? Is Am I the problem? Like, and there was isolation periods um, where, you know, my family wasn't able to come over to our house. We didn't celebrate holidays with my family. A lot of it was about his family. Um, and they were from out of state, so we would travel back and forth there. And regardless whether he stayed or go, like, I love the state, um, fell in love with it. Um, everything about it, um, is beautiful with the exception of the, the nasty history. But um, anyhow, I digress. <laughs> it was a, a, a good relationship um, that, again, when you're not allowed to speak to people and you're not allowed to share with people um, some of the dysfunctions of what's going on and you're kind of closed in and isolated bit by bit, and then you don't share with your friends, you know, even birthday parties to some extent where you're so busy and you're going back and forth and you got clowns and donkeys and barbecue and food and pizza and kids. And, and then that's, you basically I stayed so busy with Girl Scouts and PTO and um, all kinds of things that I was always so busy that I didn't have time to see if um, there was something dysfunctional or what was going on in this relationship. So, um, yeah, but for the most part, um, I can definitely say the years, the young years of raising my girls, um, was, was amazing. I'm not going to take any of that back. Um, we sewed furniture, painted, we upholstered things. We sat in the grass on blankets and, you know, told stories about the clouds, like, all of the amazing things that you have children and you actually invest that time into. I did. I was home when they got off the school bus. Dinner was cooking by 4.30. They had their snacks and their homework done. All of that. Um, and whether it was real or illusion, um, those kids had that and they didn't know any different. And I'm going along with it. I didn't know any different. And it was good until he came home some days. Um, so anyhow, there's, there's, I know parts of my story that I share, but there are amazing parts that maybe I had to find the joy in and the small things that brought me peace um, in the library. Man, that was, that was our stuff. Um, because remember, I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, if I went to a friend's or a friend came over, 
It was an excuse. It was an insult. It was just another barrier. Um, it was just easier to not go there or bring people here. Um, and then phone calls were damn near impossible. Yeah, I said it. Um, they were impossible where um, he was extremely um, just involved in my phone calls or yelling in the background. It was just so not peaceful that I didn't even want to be on the phone or the people calling me. They didn't want to talk to me. So um, it was very, very stressful. Um, so um, nonetheless, there had to have been some clear depression sinking in um, because I was isolated. I was by myself, you know. Um, and then I figured, well, I don't have anybody. Hey, I got his family. I'll talk to his family, you know. And so that kind of pushed me more to gravitate towards um, his family and things. And again, the illusion of, uh, I thought they were genuinely kind to me and nice. And, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now I see a lot of truths. But um, there is in particularly an aunt and uncle that I, I really do um, like. Um, and one aunt did did finally disclose in the end, uh, she knew, and um, she had walked the same walk. But again, you'll find a lot of, you know, our mothers, aunts and uncles, they don't, they don't divorce situations like this, that old school mentality of, you know, if he ain't beating you, cheating on you, you know, like, you keep that man, especially if he goes to work. Um, so that is just some back history, some background information um and just a little bit about i mean there is just so much of course you can't tell 20 years in 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 a podcast or a youtube setting but um that does give some reference and then there were several years before our third little girl came and by then like i had already knew like this is crazy and there's a specific um I might call her up to do the interview where she and I went out. Her name is, um, I hope she don't mind me mentioning her, Uche. Um, I have people from all ways and walks of life, y'all. And, uh, man, the spirituality that I share with the friends in my life. But anyway, it was, it was, it was another moment of an impasse in my journey that, she kind of mentioned some things to me when we went out to lunch and um, it was like a three hour lunch. And, and that's when I started learning um, how to pray a little different. Uh, and God really revealed some things to me. Um, but hopefully we'll get to do that interview with her one day. Um, and she can tell you when that part of the story comes up, why that, that lunch is so significant um, to my story, but I will continue to tell little blurps as you ask questions or we're dialoguing. I'll be glad to answer those. But, um, you know, a lot of times the question comes up, well, if it was that bad, why didn't you leave? As you learn more intricate details of what happened in, in not only my journey, but several women's journey, it's not just that easy. I've already told you, I have three kids, you know, um, and 
you know, um, and it's this tug and pull and fantasy and whimsical moments that you have where it's not that bad. What's your problem? Just stay, you know, um, or not even the thought of leaving ever came up. It's what's crazy. Um, but by the time my third daughter came, like I, I knew that, um, I was not the problem. So if I wasn't the problem, I finally was able to deduce that there was some issues going on with him. Uh, that, that prompted me going to counseling. So, uh, that's that. And I guess we can call this how it all started or the backstory to, uh, and nothing about that was any indications that I'm dating someone with a, a personality disorder. So stay tuned. <laughs>